I have to admit, I I didn't prepare at all. I I feel like the kid that didn't do any fucking homework, and I'm just gonna. Oh, I'm like that impeachment lawyer who's just gonna <laughs> ramble for fifteen minutes because he didn't do the work for class. Um, that's me tonight. So my apologies. Hard to believe that that administration would have a hard time finding someone qualified to do their legal work. <laughs> Truly amazing. You know what's the sign of the 21st century? It's that I actually didn't watch a single fucking thing, but Twitter was so ablaze with yeah, it. Yeah. I feel like I saw the entire speech. I, I was watching it, and you know, I shouldn't just for my own mental health, but like... I don't know. Did either of you see the thing today with the attorney in Texas that couldn't figure out how to turn the filter off on Zoom? (laughs) Yes. Can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's I'm here live. It's not. I'm not a cat. I can. I can see that. This guy talking as a cat, like <laughs> he's supposed to be, like in a super serious legal proceeding, is amazing. <laughs> did you? Did either of you watch the Animaniacs? I did in the '90s. I have not oh. watched the new ones yet. I want okay. to, but I haven't sat down to do it. There is this clip from the from January 6th where this woman that stormed the capitol is like saying that they sh- they put they like knocked me down and maced me and like somebody c- somehow like synced this up we're and i swear to you i watched this dumb thing like a thousand times cuz it was so funny to me italia First generation Z proved the, to the world that the stock markets are bullshit. Right, right. <laughs> and now they've really mastered the sort of uh, random ad hominem insert. Like, <laughs> yes, totally. I have so much respect for this generation and their ability to make connections between things that aren't connected. Mm-hmm. It's it's and and as soon as we quit telling them that that's wrong, like they're going to take over the world. <laughs> Can you explain that more? I'm trying to like figure out like a, the the kind of scenario that you might be referring to. My daughter's generation is the generation that adopted a non-verbal method of expression that uses absurdity. Like Generation Xers use self-loathing. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like how the boomers use smelling their own farts. This this <laughs> this generation uses absurdity to make their way. The last thing Gaia posted on her YouTube feed was a video of her and her friend doing what they called the Ronald Reagan challenge, (laughs) which is where they sat in front of a war memorial statue here in Watertown (laughs) and eight paper printouts of Ronald Reagan. (laughs) What? 
<laughs> that was the video. I don't get it. You're not supposed to. Oh. It doesn't make no any sense. Weird. Her whole generation was born to shitpost. Yeah. Like they are the shitpost generation. And if you fight them on it, you're missing out, man. The trick is going to be giving those kids the room to use that absurdist expressionism to change their world. Flip through TikTok and you'd see the genius, the total unsculpted, untrained genius of storytelling, editing, and composition. These kids have incredible innate skills of communication and expression. It's just that it's not about typing. I, I think I think this was expressed really well after what happened in Florida, where you know those kids like at Parkland High School or whatever, like they have they had spent their their lives fighting the meme wars. So when these right wing trolls started coming after them, they would just like destroy them with like this absurdist, hilarious stuff, and like. I don't know. There, there's like, it's like they're the first generation that like their whole lives was spent on the internet. Like there was no such thing as a time where there wasn't the internet. And I think when you intake all that information, the combinations that you can come up with are incredible. But I and, think what you're saying kind of Gabe too, is that like, you know, probably, or probably what you're going through is that these teachers, they don't understand this and they don't think it's valid. And they have no, it doesn't fit into their paradigm for teaching them. Right, right. How do you grade a reaction to a, a current event such as we just watched on Twitter, right? <laughs> How do you grade that Animaniacs thing? The current generation has also, had, yes, they've only ever known internet, but they've also only ever known a United States in fear of terror. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Like they have only ever known the United States after we decided that it was okay to go, go back to being shitty to each other after nine 11. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so like they've grown up in a world of fear mongering and that, you know, like, like uncertainty in a way that none of us can wrap our head around. Because, like, we had the 90s. <laughs> you know, we got to enjoy the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were, like, right in the sweet spot, actually, between the Cold War and the War on Terror. When I, when a kid brings me something like that, and, like, I appreciate it, I can tell that, like, they think that's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't know if they like it. When a kid does something genuinely absurd, it just makes my day. And the Ronald Reagan challenge is a great example of that. <laughs> there, there's a reason this generation got all of their parents to be terrified that they were going to eat detergent and die. <laughs> and, it, and it's not because there was really ever a big threat of mass detergent eating deaths. Well, and they're the generation that, that, you know, they got, they got that, Trump rally in Tulsa, they got Trump and his cronies to think 10 millions of people are going to be waiting outside. Brilliant. 
And I say, as a Generation Xer, that's great. Leave me alone. I want to speak. <laughs> This episode of It Will Probably Be Okay was recorded on February 2nd, 2021. Hello and welcome. In this episode of It Will Probably Be Okay, in the wake of the big game on Sunday, today's topic is sports. Y'all ready for this? Today, each one of us will take our own unique look at these children's games which occupy a massive place in our national and truly worldwide conversation. Maybe too large a place. So grab a glove, put on your helmet and your jock strap, and let us diagram today's plays. First, let's meet our hosts. I'm Nick Honick, and the only trophy I've ever won was for bowling. And it wasn't a trophy, it was a plaque. Hi, I'm Nick Henji, and um, I can't believe we used to run around on purpose to get trophies. Like, it's so exhausting to think of. <laughs> and my name's Gabe Wollenberg, and I once bowled a turkey, but not what you're thinking of. <laughs> uh, speaking of the big game, before we get into my topic for today, I, I didn't watch the big game. Did anybody else? No, I only knew it was going on because it's my responsibility as a social media manager, uh, but... I was very busy with my my Minecraft blocks and couldn't couldn't possibly. I, I look, it. listen, these blocks aren't going to click themselves. Well, like everything important in society, sports continues to evolve. My dad loves golf, so naturally I tried to love it as well. Golf's frustrating. Well, it's not exactly athletic by any means. What it does require is a lot of practice and discipline to become good. I never had the interest or the attention span to become good at golf. And although I didn't have patience, I did have plenty of anger. Golf seems like something that should be easy, but in reality, it's anything but. So I'd shank a ball into the woods or watch my expensive titleist ball splash into some stupid pond and the anger would wash over me. This wasn't fun. I was much more interested in searching the nearby brush for other lost balls than I was trying to become good at hitting my own. When I was in college, I was still trying to be a golfer. We would always go to this Value Village thrift shop, and they had just clubs there. And I I remember buying one new club that was actually an old club. And uh, the first time I used it, I pulled it out of my bag. I hit my ball. It splashed in the water. I yelled a four-letter word. And then there was another splash, and it was my club going into the water. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it was only like four or five bucks, but still. Um, I don't think I've golfed much after that, and I haven't golfed in many, many years. So first I want to ask the two of you, what, what do you two think of golf? Or what, what memories or thoughts do you have about it? My memories of golf are wonderful in that I remember playing lawn tennis. At, it's kind of like a country club in Barbados as a kid. And there would be a, there was a golf course, Rockley, there was a golf course. And I really remember just seeing golf balls everywhere. And ever, ever so often you see a white guy playing golf with the little clubs. And then I most enjoyed, we would drive the golf cart 
from the club, from the lawn tennis clubhouse to the restaurant so that we could steal ice from behind the restaurant. So basically, my memory has nothing to do with golf. What is lawn tennis? Um, I think that's what Americans terribly call tennis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or or badminton? No. Badminton is badminton. Lawn tennis is tennis played on, like, there's grass courts, clay courts, regular um, concrete courts, painted green because you can't afford to maintain a grass court. And that's just what we call it, lawn tennis. This makes me happy to realize that there's n- another colloquialism that I have retained since I've lived here for over a decade. What about you, Gabe? Golf. I I swore I was not when I knew we were talking about sports. I wanted to make sure that this was not a situation where I automatically lean into my persona of sports bashing because like it's it's actually a thing I front but not a thing I truly have experienced or hold dear. Mm-hmm. But I cannot stand here and tell you that I think golf is a good investment in time and equipment. I will tell you instead that the best games of golf that I have ever played, the best rounds of golf that I have ever played, and I have played many, many rounds of golf on the Game Boy Advance game, Mario and Luigi Golf. Here we go! (laughs) I thought you were going to say mini golf there. Nope, I don't even like mini golf. Here's the thing. I fucking hate mini golf with a passion of a thousand friends, yeah. Mini golf is like take uh, multi-level marketing and add it to golf. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think golf is a game best played on a ch- sitting in your chair in front of a screen. <laughs> because then it really does take some some true skill of hand-eye coordination and and triangulation, right? Geometry and like really good golf simulators. No, let me rephrase that. Really good golf arcade experiences have the the same level of nuance you would have if you put the time and effort into being good at physical golf. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, you know, in in a way. I, I can definitely see that. And and I don't want to like again. I'm not going to go down golf bashing. We started. Like, continue. Golf is not for me, right? Like, I have been dragged out onto a golf course with with other humans who wanted me to golf with them <laughs> on on five occasions I can think of in my life, and three of them ended with an elbow injury. And none of them ended with me having any fun whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'll, then I'll let it go. Like, I can hit a softball, like, you know, over my house and across the street, like, at, at easily every time. You throw a little ball up and I will be able to smack it and send it in, into, the, into the outfield, right? But the minute you put that on the ground and hand me a golf club, I can't even hit the ball. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. I My body doesn't do that. and And so... And the more, more, the harder I try, the more frustrating I get. Like I never got to the Zen of being able to even hit a golf ball where at all, like, I've gone to the driving range. It's miserable and it hurts my elbow. It's funny that, you know, both of your kind of thoughts, your first thoughts about golf don't really have 
anything to do specifically with the sport of golf. I have a similar memory that just kind of came to mind as, as you were talking about this. For a while, me and my buddies were doing this thing, and it was called foot golf. And basically what it was is you'd bring a soccer ball, and they made a big giant hole, and you would like kick the soccer ball into the hole. And there were a couple of Milwaukee uh, city or county parks that clearly probably didn't have enough interest in golf at those places that they added this foot golf option. And there seemed to be, not that we went that many times, but the regular golfers just hated the foot golfers. Like they just hated (laughs) our guts. And it was like so funny because like to foot golf, literally all you do is you walk up to the ball and kick it. But I remember one guy like yelling at us and telling us that like us foot golfers like slow everything down and like we make everything take too long. And it's like, what are you talking about? I don't have to like remove a club from my bag. I don't have to like wipe my club off. I don't have to get down and put a tee into the ground. Like, I, I don't know. It was very absurd. You never have to make the ball washer joke. Exactly. Yes. Right. Precisely. Another memory that I have of golf is Wisconsin got this, this golf major every year professional golf holds four major events. This one was, I think it was the PGA championship. It was in Kohler, Wisconsin at the Whistling Straits golf course. And my dad had purchased tickets. So for all four days, and he took my brother one day and he took me one of the days. And they, they, there's an old saying that's, that says preseason football is like watching paint dry. And for me, watching this golf event with Tiger and VJ Singh and Phil Mickelson, it was like watching dried paint. It was the most boring experience I've ever had in my entire life. We were there all day, walking from hole to hole, watching people play a game. I didn't even like to play myself. Was just, I mean, it was just terrible. It was very not fun. And after that, I didn't think about or engage with golf for, for a very long while. But then, just a couple years ago, I heard Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History. He had an episode called A Good Walk Spoiled. And in the episode, Malcolm reveals a hatred of golf that clarified and bolstered my own hatred. He doesn't just hate golf because it's boring. He hates it because it's an incredibly poor resource allocation, especially in densely populated areas. Here's a couple facts for the two of you. So the average golf course is over 200 acres. It takes 390 truckloads of sand to fill the bunkers. And this is also that 72 people at a time can play a game. Even the title of the podcast, A Good Walk Spoiled, to me was a bit of a misnomer because most people I see golfing are using carts. So what Gladwell was urging in this episode was that golf courses should be open to the public for walking during the week or or you know other times, especially in places like LA where there isn't much other green space, but there's four country clubs. Not even to get into the fact that, you know, most of us can't afford to be a part of these prestigious country clubs. Just this past month, I was reading a book called The Sprawl by Jason Diamond, which focuses on the suburbs, and it brought my hatred of golf into even sharper relief. The book features an interview with a transportation planner in Madison who calculated lost tax revenue from one 42-ounce course over the year, was over $660,000. So this made thinking about golf doubly or triply challenging for me. Not only is it boring, not only is it a bad use of space, but things that could be in those spaces rob all community members of tax revenue. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate golf. So 
I always knew I hated golf, but what, what I wanted to, why I wanted to talk about this today is because I think the Gladwell podcast is worth listening to. And I also just think, you know, it's it's interesting. I never thought about these things either. But then when they were told to me, it, it made it very clear why I was only half right for hating golf the way that I did. So that is my thoughts on golf. Any other reflections you want to share after I just dropped a, a couple facts on you? <laughs> My initial assessment was correct. <laughs> <laughs> so g- golf is the golf is problematic in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a really cute way of me trying to avoid having to acknowledge all of the horrible nastiness that is inherent in that statement, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm frustrated because I really, like I said earlier, I don't want to shit all over golf in sports in general. And when you were talking about like watching golf, like, yeah, like watching golf on TV is not a language that I speak. Mm-hmm. So it would, of course, be horribly boring. In the pageantry of golf, it's not like going to a racetrack, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. it's just not. But there is a language to golf that I think makes it interesting in and of itself. And it's not for me. And I don't want to be an apologist for assholes, but that is my lot in life. It is, yes. But the the concept of walled gardens i object to entirely the idea of a country club that is little more than a multi-level marketing scheme except that there's no scheme you're just giving your money away for to show how rich you are right i dislike all of that but i don't think that's the sport's fault and sure the the reason is I also have beef with disc golf. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> and Tell me more. well, because when I walk through a public park and I have to look at those ugly chain baskets <laughs> and wonder why they have all the money in the world for sh- ugly chain baskets, but not sure. one dime to cut down that elm tree with the horrible moth infestation. Right, right. We didn't even get into the element of the the kind of like the exclusivity of golf, the idea that, you know, when you're a businessman or maybe even a president, you play golf most days. So, yeah, I mean, the, like I, I what you're saying, Gabe, is interesting. And, and by no means am I abolishing or am I advocating for the abolishment of all golf courses. But I but I think. You know, as a society, when and, and especially in a densely populated area, when you have a minimal amount of green space, what you use that space for as a community says a lot about what you value. I never thought about this when I saw a golf course. I just thought, oh, there's a golf course. Golf's boring and it's horrible. But I never thought about other potential uses for that space and how, how using that space for other reasons would be much more equitable and much more in society's best interests. I know it's important to golfers to not play the same hole, you know, every time they go out and golf, but is it more important than giving the 
hundreds of thousands of people in, in, in your large community that, that don't have golf clubs and don't care to golf the ability to go use a green space. It just seems like, like terrible resource allocation, but you're right. It's not the sports fault. I hate to throw the sport out because like I said, Game Boy Advance golf is really good. <laughs> like it's a really good game. <laughs> well, I hate golf for a lot of reasons. That's golf. Crack cocaine for rich white guys. What do you want to what do you want to talk about regarding sports? Well, I wanted at first to talk about baseball. Do you guys know what baseball is? No. It's a sport. Stop it. Um, so so Blaseball, if you go to Blaseball.com, which is currently on a grand siesta, which means they are not currently in season. Blaseball is a league of a game very much like baseball, except that it consists entirely of shitposting. I'm very confused. Blaseball.com, B-L-A-S-E-B-A-L-L, is where you go to play the game of Blaseball. And I'll quote a Polygon article and just sort of introduce the lead from Sam Grease's story from August 6th of last year. It's a beautiful day for Blaseball as Jessica Telephone steps up to the plate. She taps her left cleat with the blunt edge of her gunblade bat, dislodging a clot of dirt, a peanut shell, and some congealed blood. She effortlessly lifts the bat, points it through the clouds of swarming birds to the left field bleachers, calling her shot to the Hades Tigers fans in the crowd. Blaseball is a game you play by placing fake bets on fake teams in a fake league where the fans of the game get to vote and write about the things that are happening. It is a meta game in that you can just watch the the trending and try to play it. But what it really is, is it's a community that has come together to play a gigantic game of improv around a set of rules that involve Internet League Blaseball. I don't know enough about Blaseball to really talk about it. Oh, really? I really <laughs> don't. That's the problem is I'm I'm a I'm a fair weather Blaseball fan. <laughs> when when the Hellmouth Sunbeams are winning, I'm playing. But now here's the thing. So my idol, which is the which is I, I think the the like the, the person you put your stock in as being the best baseball player. My idol currently is Sutton Bishop, and his current vibe is triple downward. Honestly, terrible. He's a four star batter, a four star pitcher. He's got three stars on base running and three and a half stars on defense. Doesn't wear any armor. His pregame ritual is cursing the sun. He has a soul scream of I hear I. All of this. A soul scream. <laughs> <laughs> All of this I know by looking at the website, but I don't know any more about it than that. If you ask me to explain what their soul scream is, I don't know how to look it up. 
<laughs> but I, I'm a Hellmouth Sunbeam fan. Maybe you like the Canada Moist Talkers. <laughs> maybe, maybe you like the Mexico City Wild Wings. There is a team in baseball for all of you. I kind of like jazz hands. The Breckenridge Jazz Hams had a pretty good year. I I <laughs> don't get it. I can't teach you about it, and I'm afraid to join the Discord. The site itself is very plain, right? It's black text and white text and colored text and some little icons. But if you look at the the Blaseball hashtag, there is incredible fan-derived media and fandom and in-jokes and conversations and f- artwork of their f- favorite baseball players. It's just end- <laughs> non-ending shitposting. And it's amazing. And I love it because it is like we were talking about earlier, which may or may not have ever appeared in this episode, it's absurdism about the absurdism of sports Mm -hmm. and sports fandom. Remember when football changed the the big rule that made everyone upset and ruined the game? Yeah, that happens like every year. Yeah, well, what if you made that the game? That's baseball. (laughs) (laughs) that's the game and that's amazing to me i don't get it i can't i don't bet on it i don't gamble on it i have um nine thousand nine hundred and seventy one peanuts apparently in my inventory i don't know what they do or how to use them but i am a baseball fan (laughs) i support my hellmouth sunbeams and uh i'm i'm really i'm really proud to say it when i hear about something it always makes me think about like just the richness of the human tapestry, you know, like there's just so much going on and so much I don't even know about. And so many different things that, you know, depending on what kind of person you are, you can derive joy from. And that always makes me a little bit happy. I might never play baseball. I might, I might not, you know, care about the Charleston shoe thieves ever, but like, I'm glad to know that this exists. I don't really have anything to add. I'm not really into spectator sports. I think growing up, I mean, like I I was an athlete growing up or whatever, but like spectator sports, I distinctly recall watching cricket and like following cricket purely because my older brother, my big brother, was a rabid follower of cricket. Like he would get these sports stats books and just like devour it. And he'd memorize everything. And then he'd he'd do this thing where he would sit in front of the TV during a game and like write down all the stats. So like as like in cricket, you get, you get points by, okay. Does anybody know what cricket is? I'm I'm familiar with cricket. Understand and, and enough to know that I don't know enough about cricket to converse about it smartly, but I desperately want to save you the struggle of describing it if you're not into it. Basically, you get runs, and you get runs, and you can get sixes when you hit a ball over the boundary, and then you get fours when you hit a ball. When a person hits the ball, you don't usually try to hit the ball off the ground or very high off the ground because that's how people can catch it 
but if it bounces and rolls its way all the way down to the 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 pitch is like a, the the field is like a circle if you make it there that's a four and as you run between wickets okay what are wickets wickets are like these three pillars that you put where each opposing player stands so like if you smash it for six well you know whatever yeah then then you get to vote on who on the hellmouth sunbeams is going to ascend to heaven no so my brother would just like keep track of stats and like pitches pitchers what do you call them bowlers jesus i have been out of the country for too long um and so i would pay attention because he was paying attention he's my big brother he's he's like the trendsetter you know but sometimes he would be annoyed at having his little sister be following him around or whatever so it'd be like well i'm watching this because i'm interested and eventually like i would get interested because like in a like a test match okay what is a test match like a championship um, usually in a test, there's like a, I don't know, six, six games, six matches or something. Yeah, and it's I, like the best of six or whatever. Yeah. I had a Sega Dreamcast. I played tennis. <laughs> and so you'd watch it and back in the day, the West Indies were good. And I, I haven't touched base with, with cricket in a very long time. So I don't even know if the West Indies are good. Do you know how the West Indies are? No. An island? Like what? What Christopher Columbus was looking for, yeah. So when that motherfucker, Christopher Columbus, made it to the Indies, he named our, our archipelago West the West Indies. Yeah. And now we more so go by the Caribbean, but if you ever hear, hear somebody say that they're from the West Indies, or the West Indies uh, are West Indian. They're not talking about being from India, they're talking about being from the Caribbean. Wow. So we make a team out of the various islands, top players from all the islands, and it's just like a really cool thing. We were good, like we were be whipping ass of India, Pakistan, England, New Zealand, Australia. We had such a good role. And you'd just be so excited and be like, ah, a six! Anyway, there was this chap called Brian Lara, and like, oh god, it was spectacular. So eventually, I'd get into this shit, but like, it, I wasn't really interested off of the fact that I was interested in cricket. I was interested because of my brother, and that's really my introduction to sports. I don't really watch any other sports. Like, I'll do it for social reasons. Like, I used to only pay attention to to tennis matches because of my brothers, because he was watching it, and I was really into like lawn tennis because like we did lawn tennis growing up but i didn't give a fuck and so like i was heavily influenced by watching whatever my brother was interested in for that time period and so it was basically cricket and then it was lawn tennis and then there's obviously like you know athletics so like every four years we'd, we'd gather to stay up late to watch whatever was happening on olympics but yeah. Otherwise, for sports, I don't really, I don't follow a goddamn thing. <laughs> when when you're talking about this this cricket thing, you know, I, I would say one of the things that's always bothered me is how in this superiority complex that America has oh. about like its sports and is the greatest in the world, but you never played the world; you just played the states in America. <laughs> well, and not only that, but like soccer is literally. The most, or I'm sorry. Football. I was just going to say, you mean football? <laughs> yeah, I mean football. It's literally the most popular sport in the entire world. Yet, like, it's not within the top five. It just always bothered me. And I always, every, you know, every 
several years when the world cup rolls around i really hope america does good and like because like i i want that sport to catch on more it seems to me to be much safer than football i don't know i don't feel like this theory holds up but my theory is that americans really enjoy having sports that the world does not play and thus they get to say that they're the best in the world Right, right. I want yes. I want had an argument with my husband because we were watching what was that Michael Jordan series that came out recently? Oh yeah. yeah. And um, when he won the championship, he was remarking that oh like his team was like or his uh, yeah, his team, like that team was the best in the world. And I was like, did they play anybody else but Americans? And his answer was no. And he was like, but they would still be the best in the world. And I'm like, but you didn't compete against the world. So like, you can't qualify that statement by ending in the world. You can qualify like in America. And he just could not. do one plus one equals to two. Like you got to win the Olympics to be awesome, which, right? which, the last one, right? Which have a, have a championship. I mean, to know? be fair, like most of that team did. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, <laughs> like they right. did win the Olympics. Yeah. So, but like, I'm not going to be the the sports apologist. But like, yeah, Michael Jordan. I have a good friend who probably doesn't listen to this, but maybe he does. But we used to talk a lot about Michael Jordan, sort of being the opposite of Godwin's law, the the rule of Nazi analogies, right? An internet adage that asserts that any discussion will eventually come down to involving the Nazis, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like Michael Jordan is the opposite of that, right? Like Michael Jordan is the rule that says whatever your rule is, there's an exception to it. And that's Michael Jordan. Right. Yeah, like, because yeah. like the problem with Michael Jordan is he is hands down the, and well was, I don't know if he still is like in the top 0.001% of worldwidely acknowledged individuals. Right. Sure. Like, yeah, no, he's not, you're not going to like it, it. Maslow's hierarchy still matters, but like Michael Jordan is, was at his peak. One of the top, 10 famous people in the entire world as was as like Michael Jackson was in the eighties and mother Teresa was when in Jesus times or whenever she lived. Like the point is (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to have to cut that out. Aren't I? But the, the point I'm making is like, it's hard to make an argument that involves Hitler or Jordan because both are, these high end extremes of, of personalities that, and so I guess I'm bringing that up to Kenji just in service of saying, so whenever anyone drops Nazis or Jordan on me, I walk away. Wollenberg's law of sports talk. Ooh, Nazis or Jordan. See you later. I used to listen to sports radio here in town. Like I, I used to enjoy, well, I grew up listening to Brewers games on the radio. I love Bob Uecker and I always regret the day that I decided not to go to the casting call for major league. But for, for me on a personal level, sports has always been a bad emotional investment. And, and I continue to make that argument to people, the world around sports fandom will never return the favor to you. 
sports is a bad emotional investment because it's never going to love you like you love it. I, I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to say that that's probably true for the majority of people that are sports fans. But I do think there are people out there with a healthy relationship with sports that it is a net positive in their life. Like, I mean, like if you don't go into it expecting your team to win the championship, if you don't react really negatively when your team loses, if it is only a vehicle for you to relate to other people in your lives, a vehicle of entertainment, I I think there's a healthy way to do sports. I just think it's really hard to do. I mean, I don't, I'm looking for a clip. I'm not going to see it. Do you guys remember American movie, the 1999 film about Mark Borchert, noted, very noted, noted Milwaukee and Mark Borchert? There's a scene in it where basically when the Packers won the 1997 Super Bowl, they happened to be rolling tape. And there's a scene in American movie where Mark Borchard is a little too drunk and it is this incredibly awkward moment in the film. And like, I, it really struck me because I remembered where I was at that moment. Right. Uh Because that was such a visceral, weird time in Wisconsin. (laughs) Right. To see, to Mm -hmm. see the way that it was that decades of fandom was not rewarding Mark Borchert in that moment was so tragic that it kind of changed my approach to, to professional sports at that point. There's absolutely a way to do fandom correctly, but like so many things that America does, right? Like (laughs) most of us do it wrong. And it's just sort of weird, creepy tribalism. Just think about the barriers of entry to playing either of those sports. You know, I mean, if you want to play football, you need a ball and some kind of makeshift goal. If you want to play American football, you need helmets and you need a certain amount of people and everything. I mean, it's just. And if you want to play Canadian football, you need an arena. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So with that in mind, before we get to our lessons that we learned today, I have a bunch of potential topics in the hopper, and I'm about to randomize them to determine what we will talk about on our next episode. So here we go. And next week, we will be talking about coffee. Oh, nice. Next week, we'll be talking about coffee. I have a coffee story already. Beautiful. I'm kind of bummed that smell didn't come up. (laughs) Mackenzie, you better add some topics because I put some I put some clunkers in there. So, um, what did we learn this week? I'll start out with a couple things that I learned. I learned that although the unlimited tacos took second place in their basketball league this past season. I think they're in for a great season coming forward. And I also learned about Wollenberg's Law of Sports Talk, where if you talk about Michael Jordan, the conversation is... <laughs> so I learned that 
are actually confirmed that golf is a waste of space, as I suspected, and that apparently Americans don't know anything about cricket. <laughs> I like to feel like I might know more about cricket than the average American because, I mean, the fifth doctor was my doctor, but that's about all I know about cricket. So, yeah, I think you're right. The other thing I learned is this. Golf carts really are the greatest contribution the game of golf has made to society. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed to not have gotten to go down that rabbit hole and told you all of the crap I got up to in golf carts when I worked at a local resort with a, with a golf course around it. But it's probably for the best I didn't share those. So, in general, we learned that there's a, a rich world out there of different types of sports. We learned that there are sports that we all know about, like golf. And we learned that there are sports out there like basketball. And I don't know about the whole world, but I just feel like if, if the three of us keep having conversations like this, for us at least, life right now, it'll probably be okay. Yay! I just realized that basketball is technically a sport. I think I screwed up our whole show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to re-record. Let's just start over. <laughs>